Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Rumble Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Xavier McDaniel, Lawrence Vanderberg, Joey Devine, Bobby Hurley, Frederick Weiss, Sean King. Children's book author Ron Baker! Special guest Patrick Redford! Andrea Moore! Patreons Matthew Del Rio! Thank you, Matthew! Ned Grade! Thank you, Ned! Rusty Mahogan! Thank you! Musical guest American Music Club! And now the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a jam-packed episode. We're talking Nicks with our friend, comedian, writer, uh, uh, hilarious, all-around hilarious person, Andrea Moore, and. Then talking kings. Actually, I'm doing this backwards. First, we're going to talk kings with our friend from Defector, Patrick Redford. Then we're going to talk Knicks with newly found Knicks fan, Andrea Moore. She hasn't been a Knicks fan for a long time, but she loves the Knicks now, and you'll hear why. Um, Before we get to those, though, some business off the top. Patreon.com slash Pod. Is where you hear uh, bonus episodes. It's where you join our Discord, um, and it's where you help me eat from month to month. Um, and uh, uh, 
t-shirts at the description in the episode, uh, in the uh, t-shirts available for sale in the description of the episode at round rock pod is our Twitter round rock pod at gmail.com is our email. The phone number. If you want to call us on the phone is also in the description of the episode. I'm here as always. I usually introduce him first, but forgot with America's uncle dad, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got playoff fever and there ain't no cure except a punch to the groin. Yeah. So a lot of punches to the groin going. A lot, a lot, a lot this year. Um, More than ever. uh, Yeah. um, I also need to apologize for something real quick. Uh Uh-huh. Look. I know that Sean and Joey seem like they're incapable of making mistakes. But it's not true. Even gods make mistakes, which Sean and Joey definitely are. They made me say that. So here is a correction. That's right. We're doing corrections now. Everyone does whoopsie sometimes. Well not me, because I'm a robot. Here's a correction. the Miami Heat lost the play-in game to the Atlanta Hawks, I uh, questioned Jimmy Butler's clutchness and said he wasn't the NBA's ultimate winner anymore, but I was wrong, apparently. No, he's the NBA's ultimate winner. We were wrong the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you know who wins when Jimmy Butler plays basketball? Uh, People who own and enjoy looking at fake dreadlock wigs. Yeah, it's the best that he had fake dreadlocks up till the moment of picture day. And now for the entire season, he is wearing uh, fake dreadlocks, even though he has not looked like that since the last day of training camp. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, And he just did it to annoy the Internet. Anyway, that was awesome and hilarious. And uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. I'll never doubt you again. Uh. Let's talk to let's go to an interview with our friend Patrick Redford from defector.com who is a Kings fan. Um Sean and I talked to him about the Kings Warriors series and we should mention uh Darren Fox the news that Darren Fox had a broken finger dropped 10 seconds after we stopped recording yeah, this with Patrick. So I feel better knowing that he's going to play. Yeah. It makes it seem less crazy the things we say about him. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's that. Um, we're here with Patrick Redford of Defector to talk about uh, Kings Warriors. Patrick, how you doing? I'm hanging in. Um, I'm sort of overwhelmed, but uh, uh, it's it's nice to know that in one week, one week hence, this series will be over either way, and I can go back to being a normal guy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did eat an onion like an apple. That's uh, true. Because of this series. Um <laughs> How did that go? First off, we should say uh, it was it was painful. Um, I got really <laughs> overconfident because the outer layers of the onion were like not as sharp as the inner. So I was taking pretty big bites. Um, okay. <laughs> and I mean, you can you can watch the video. There's like a very noticeable shift <laughs> where I I go from riding high to sort of finding out that my actions have consequences um, because I took this really really mondo bite where I got to basically the center. Immediately, my body was like, "We're not having this." No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you how did you end up taking on 
uh, sort of the jackass position at defector for the, I mean, I mean, just stunt wise, <laughs> not that you are a jackass, but uh, cause you also had to eat uh, a very large Taco Bell order. Yeah, this is true. Um, I, I guess there's sort of like a, a gastronomic answer, which is not that satisfying, but it's that I'm, I'm built different constructed uh-huh. unprecedentedly. <laughs> um, and I think, I think my colleagues and I both kind of delight in me doing bad things to myself. Um, uh-huh. I don't really, the, the, I don't really know how to answer the how question, but like, the why is it's it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think our readers like it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Patrick, at recording this, the Kings and the Warriors are tied two to two. Um, they're both teams are out of timeouts. Uh, Steph Curry is calling them anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling at this point? Now, just um, to clear, just to clarify, Patrick is a Kings fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm 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 feeling good. I was feeling after that after that Harrison Barnes miss yesterday. I was feeling obviously pretty down because you know Kings go at three one with two home games. Mm-hmm. Like this, I don't know. Math says the series is over. I can't really allow that. I can't allow myself to like you know accept that that's even possible really at this point. Um, but in in the hours since, I've been feeling pretty good. I mean, like that was not an apex level warriors performance, but it was pretty great. Like they didn't turn it over at all. Stefan clay hit a bunch of crazy threes. Draymond and Wiggins are both like locked in and they still had a chance to win at the very end. Like that's mostly because of Steph's fuck up, but like they're just to see this team in their first playoffs, like basically everyone except for Barnes's like first playoff series, like hang against that performance and like come out and show that. Like, I, I don't know. That's, it's pretty great. Like every neutral in my life seems to love this series. And, you know, I kind of have, I I'm unable to empathize with them on this, but they seem to be just so entertained and want seven games of it. And so I think for them to like show out is very encouraging. And at some point, maybe the Warriors will win a road game, but hopefully not. I mean, that's that's a real dice roll in uh, 2023. I mean, we should explain Sean and I are both Warriors fans. Yeah, uh, I figured like real ones. Um, I have to say, I going into game two when it was 2-0, I was convinced the Warriors were going to lose. And I'll tell you why. Because I was like, the way my life goes, it would make complete sense for the Warriors and the Oakland A's to die on the same day. Um, yeah. But I'd cert- mm-hmm. I sort of had forgotten that Steph Curry... Uh, is the only source of joy in my entire life. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, Even including your dog, Corn Pop. Yeah. (laughs) Named after, of course, Joe Biden's arch nemesis. Yeah, it was was interesting because um, the Warriors uh, had just like a, you know, a a surprising Game 3 performance, but not that surprising when it's kind of how NBA playoff series go. Like yeah. one team that makes a huge amount of adjustments and you could kind of get that game. But then afterwards, uh it 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 even the 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 A's situation improved, Joey. Did you see that? No. How? Well, they because they are demanding five hundred million dollars from the state of Nevada, and a lot of people are like, Wow, we gave the Raiders a lot of money for this. <laughs> and uh even Mark Davis is like shaming them, like, look at these idiots. This guy with a Prince Valiant haircut just shutting yeah. him down. So it could be okay, Joey. Yeah, we'll see. Um 
So my main question I want to ask you, Patrick, is how did you feel about Draymond Green before this series, and how do you feel about him now? Um, I've I've rooted for the Warriors in basically and yeah every playoff series they've played in the Steph Curry era until this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this has been a really weird experience for me <laughs> having to root against this. Like, um, I, I realized when you're rooting for Steph and Clay, you feel like they hit one in every four three point shots and take stupid ones. And when you're rooting against them, it's like, oh my god, anything they throw is going to go in for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and on Draymond, I uh, I sort of considered him a clown, but like our clown. Mm-hmm. And now, um, he needs to be he needs to be um liquidated by federal airstrike (laughs) he was awesome yesterday though i mean three for 14 when he hit his first three i was like thank god he's gonna shoot like four more this rules yeah i mean he was locked in on defense he was incredible he had what he had like the most predictable double technical of all time when he came in and right only in the game like a minute and he and fox got double technicals and then he just kept talking and i was like because there's there's always a little bit of a moment in these big Draymond Green games where, some I mean sometimes it's the whole game, but usually there's one turning point where you're like, okay, so he's just gonna get thrown out of this game, mm-hmm. and yeah. he didn't quite get to it. But when when they continued to to argue, I mean they weren't gonna they weren't gonna give him double technicals for arguing. In like the they all knew that. No. The interesting thing about Draymond Green, I would say, is. Uh, Yes, he gets suspended for things that maybe Dylan Brooks would not get suspended for. But also, he gets a single technical really easily, but then they refuse to give him a second technical unless he, like, punches the ref. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's realized there's sort of a market inefficiency. If you <laughs> if you get the first one in like a really dumb way, yeah. <laughs> sort of do like two and a half tech, more technicals worth of bad stuff without picking up the second. And so uh-huh. really you're netting out at plus 1.5 technical yeah. actions. That are yeah, yeah he, I don't know, two and a half points or something. He only really gets in trouble when he accidentally gets a flagrant two instead of a flagrant one. Yeah. Yeah. And like in game two, you could see he was like, he was trying to get tossed. Like, yes, I think yeah. it was three minutes or so before the stomp. Um, he spent the entire time out just screaming at the officials. Yeah. And I, I was, I was at games one and two. And something that was really striking to me is like, I would just watch how warriors people would like look at him and act towards him. And like, as he was being thrown out, you can see that everyone was just kind of like, here we go. Like no one was trying to calm him down. It was so yeah. weird. No. Yeah. Well, that one I said, I think we talked about it on the show, but like, him stomp the Sabonis stomp was like I feel like in that moment I could see both like Steph Curry give up on Draymond Green forever. <laughs> yeah, because like, like normally out. he would like sort of calm him down, but he just like didn't go near him. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Um, um, I think there were two two street clothes guys, maybe a Ryan Rollins or something, were like clapping for him, but everyone else was just like looking away. It was yeah. Very yeah. <laughs> and just know if you try to calm him down he like turns that ire on you and yeah yeah steve kerr said something like yeah i've tried to calm him down before i've been here a while we just you can't really stop that train um yeah that um so i was at the game uh yesterday and it was it was a pretty fun atmosphere it was funny because like 
five minutes before the tip off, it looked like their the stands were like forty percent full. Well, they were yeah. in and their then, wine cellars, right, right. <laughs> and then by the national anthem, it was like packed. It was very strange how everyone got to their seats at that point. Although that might just be uh, the Sunday Muni schedule. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was game three was like a more extreme version of that. Despite the seven p.m. start, it was like. It was like that kind of 40% full through like the first couple minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. Um, also shocking, how, what percentage of the Chase fans just don't have Warriors gear on, but sort of like like a yellow Arcturix tech vest or something? It was right. um I felt I felt all of my worst impulses momentarily justified there. Um, <laughs> but then I remember that every Warriors fan I know who's watched the team for longer than 10 years is like incredible. And I was one of them and like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm so ready for this. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm always excited when they have the free T-shirts ready to put on because then you do see someone like, uh, "Am I losing my power if I take this vest off? Like, is it gonna uncrisp my shirt yeah. when I pull I, it but over?" But I'm wearing the crispiest dress shirt yeah. in yeah. the world. And then um, the other the other flip side of that is there was a guy uh, like like one section over from me who had an Andres Beedrins jersey on. And I heard him like literally say like, fuck, no, I'm not covering this up. (laughs) (laughs) That's history right there. That's a legacy. I will say I was at the, uh, I was at the Warriors, Steph's first playoff series against the Nuggets. Mm, I love that series. Yeah, it was great. And but the best part was Oracle would not let people not put the free T-shirt on. (laughs) Anytime they would, they would film someone without a a, the T-shirt, and everyone would boo until they sadly put the shirt on. Uh, Oracle was so cool. I loved it there. Well, we know that uh, just having that gold color had a huge psychological impact on other people. According to Brian Windhorst, (laughs) that was the Warriors' secret weapon. He once said (laughs) that the color yellow yellow is confusing. Um, Uh (laughs) So cool. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to the, I've started listening to the Windhorst pod sort of out of morbid fascination. I like some of the ESPN guys that go on there, but um, it was a recent episode where. I think it was Tim McMahon makes this like long, you know, minute and a half point, and then he ends, and then there's like a four second pause, and everyone's like, "Where the fuck did you go, Brian?" And he had a cramp and fell out of his chair. But it's it's amazing because it, yeah, it really feels like it's he's like seized control, and as a result, the advertisers are like super cuts, and uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> Working for the Union Pacific Railroad. <laughs> like, what other sports personality would you be like? But you hear her wind horse, you're like, yeah, I could, I could see a wind horse fan like realizing he could be a brake man. He didn't, he didn't know that was even possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, games one and two were crazy. Game five is going to be crazy. And yeah. I think, I don't know. Like, I, no one's come up with a satisfactory explanation for the Warriors road thing. I had one, but, and I want to run it by you guys. Although it doesn't, it kind of doesn't, it it would not explain them losing in Sacramento. So basically what do we know about the Warriors? Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. Mm -hmm. What is that events? Kind of weird 
chemistry. There's all this other shit going on mm-hmm. with the team. What do you have to do when you go to road games? Be around your teammates for like <laughs> long stretches of time. And so this theory is basically that like by hanging out with each other on the plane for six hours, they get so sick of each other. And then mm-hmm. they're like, I just want to go home. I don't want to play this game. But that doesn't explain why they would lose after like an hour and a half bus ride. So I got to work right. on this. Well, it's it's weird because I think that the Warriors, uh, one of the big reasons that the Kevin Durant thing fell through, I mean, he was probably going to go play with Kyrie anyway, but uh, they basically had JaVale McGee on the team because he uh, was cool with everybody. Every, every plane flight, Curry, Durant, Draymond and JaVale played cards and he's just kind of like an easy guy to like maybe make guys not yell at each other and just balance things out. And cause he's funny and big. Yeah. And then they lost him after the 2018 playoffs. It was over. And then it fell apart. They were then Draymond and Durant were at each other's throats, like three games into the season. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who the normal guy on the Warriors is this season. Like maybe Dante, but does anyone respect him? They love Dante. Dante does a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's, for whatever reason, he's the guy in charge of like the puppy promotions. (laughs) And uh, he'll kind of just say yes to anything that the PR people ask him to do. He was awesome in game three. I mean, I, I know he's always been a good rebounder and like a plus defender, but he was just like getting every ball sprinting around. Um, You know, it's, I think he had this reputation as just like shooter guy. And it's kind of cool to see him on the Warriors just be like Andre Gudala with like a traumatic head injury, basically. Yeah. Is how yeah. describe this role. <laughs> now, do you think, do you think you have red hair? Dante DeVincenzo has red hair and the Kings replaced, they replaced Dante with a different redhead, Kevin Herter. Do you think that gives him extra motivation? The way that, I hope like, so. Yeah. I mean, they've guarded each other a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Herter has not, shown up in this series or done it. I think he's like one for 15 from three or something tragic like that. Um, so yeah, Dante's winning that battle for sure. Yeah. I had a couple Kings security. I had one King security guard tell me I looked like Kevin Herter. And then I walked around with him through the tunnel as he like showed all of his colleagues a photo. And he was like, do you think this guy looks like Kevin Herter? And four of them were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, that's the problem with like, if you have red hair, you could be compared to literally anyone with red hair, no matter how yeah. little you look like. Delonte West, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm X. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I do think there is some merit to your uh, road theory because, <clears throat> and it would make sense in Sacramento because the Warriors chose Steve Kerr, let them vote. Do you want to go home after every game or do you want to stay in a hotel and treat this like a real road series? And they voted for road series hotel. So they were like going to team breakfast or whatever still. Um, They probably went to the railroad museum, right? That's really nice. Old town. A lot of good places to eat. America's farm to Fort Capitol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lady Boys film there. (laughs) They went and got those uh, (laughs) cheese skirts. Yeah. Um, cheese skirt burger um i think the kings also stayed in a hotel in sf yeah on the road yeah i wouldn't want to do that the problem is that it can take anywhere between like 75 minutes and 250 minutes to make that drive depending on what the traffic's like 
I mean, I've been doing it for every Kings home game, you know, <laughs> leaving Oakland in the morning, coming back at night. Um, mm-hmm. So if I can do it, they can do it. Yeah. The trip and home it, is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Slater does it every day. Yeah. Uh, Him, Mark Spears, like <laughs> uh, the Andrews sisters, whenever they show up, like, mm-hmm. yeah, dozens yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, when I go, I to the, yeah, go ahead, sir. Well, I was, I'm just, I'm looking ahead to game five and like something I like about like a playoff series like this is like both teams have kind of shown they've been punched, they've counterpunched, like you get the adjustments and the counter adjustments. And it's like, I'm always, I always love to see this far into a series, like who can still bring stuff out. Um, and so like we just saw Steph play 43 minutes. Uh, Wiggins and Clay each play like 38 or 39 and the Kings finally have like a normal shooting game while Sabonis is still bad. And so I'm just wondering, like, what, I don't know, like, what do you think each team tries to do in game five? I mean, the the Kings as a Warriors fan, I know that Herder is going to have a good game and Sabonis is going to have a good game and they just have to hope it's not on the same day. Um, because everyone else has been having normal games. Um, <laughs> yeah that but the warriors that's the sort of the problem with this year's warriors team is i don't know what the adjustment is i mean i guess the one idea the obvious one to me is like when alex len is in you just kerr just has to suck it up and let jonathan kaminga play offense against him (laughs) i don't know why we haven't done that yet but it's because steve kerr hates people who are younger than the age of 22, I think. Um, yeah, he's got that Popovich kind of yeah. <laughs> schooling. Yeah, I, I just like, I the Kings defense really looked bad in game four. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think you saw like them run, a lot of inverted pick and rolls, but even like the normal ass pick and rolls like way further out, I thought. Yeah. And so then when Sabonis comes to trap, it's like Draymond gets it with the four on three when he's like outside the three point line. And then it's like one pass, cutter, score every time. Um, and I guess the only counter to that is to let Steph take semi-contested 30 footers, which I'm guessing they're not going to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think we might. I'm wondering if we're going to see some Kessler Edwards minutes in game five, which will be so funny. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, and, you know, the guy who always fails the eye test for me, but then they always do better with him in the game is Trey Lyles. Lyles is good. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of has that um, Carl Anthony Towns like doesn't move right thing. Where yeah, you watch yeah. him take j- two dribbles in space, and you're just like, that guy sucks. Mm-hmm. But he's a good offensive rebounder, which they really like. When the Kings win, like Curry talked about this yesterday, like when the pace is this high, the possession game gets really important. Um, and when the Kings win, it's like you know Lyles and Sabonis are grabbing twelve offensive rebounds. Like mm-hmm. the Warriors are turning it over. Um, and I just worry, like, I think Lyles is pretty attackable because he's kind of small, but like we could see Lyles at the five as a thing too, because the Kings have only ever done that when their backs have been up against the wall. Like there was a a T-Wolves game where Sabonis fouled out at the end of regulation and then Lyles had like 15 in overtime and they won, you know, running away. So like we could be in for that, but I don't know. The like, other one the- I could <laughs> actually see is... uh that I could see them going full Tony Allen on uh uh off night. Um yeah. Just letting him shoot 10 yeah, wide open. Because he will do it. 
he has he's like one of those guys who has like the pride to just keep shooting, but also like it would be a bad idea for him to keep well, doing. I mean, but he's he's kind of shot fine. He's in the shot series. fine. But he's like these are some of his best offensive well, games. Exactly, Not best, yeah. but like yeah. he's been playing well on offense. Yeah. Um, but like I just don't that's sort of the thing with this Warriors team is it doesn't feel like there is another move to me. Well, I think they'll I, kind I of think agree. they'll I, I would not be surprised if they play a lot more zone in game five, too. Yeah. I don't know how much they're worried about rebounding when they do that, but that's what I think. I think they'll more play weird junky defenses than make like big personnel adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how many of those adjustments they have, you know, left that they didn't do in game three, basically. Yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of the the larger point that I was driving towards is like games three and four felt like not pulling out all the stops, um, but just like there were there was some back against the wall shit. Like yeah. the Draymond off the bench, like the pool starting thing. Um, and like while I think the Kings have more cards to play, um, mm. like the war, I mean still Steph and clay like yeah yeah you kind of don't there's only so many adjustments you can even need to make when like either of those guys could just win the game on their own um like and i think we see the kings do more like sabonis fox pick and roll and less of the handoff shit just because like looney giving sabonis nine feet of space is like i think sabonis was like better against looney yesterday but like it's clear that like that offense is i don't know like they they're targeting that, I think, yeah. more than anything yeah. else. Like, especially well, with yeah. Clay sprinting at Keegan on those handoffs. Like, he he looked good in the second half yesterday too. So yeah, yeah. Keegan I'm, had I'm, his best game yesterday. I thought he had his he only really game good. of the playoffs. Yeah, it was <laughs> really <laughs> only game. But like, he, I, he was he, scared. He scared me yesterday as a Warriors fan. I was like, they should uh, put someone who is taller on him. Um, <laughs> he's very he's very unflappable too. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm also Trust me, he is like that. Like if he shoots zero for ten or ten for ten, like he is like that. Yeah, hundred percent of the time. I think I remember one smile this season after he hit the rookie three point record in Portland. He kind of just went like little smirk, and then it was over. And the team, like that, was all over like the team's official social media. Like yeah. look at this shit, Keegan smile. <laughs> Man, I'm also curious in Game Five if. Uh... Draymond gets gun shy offensively because, you know, he missed 11 shots, but uh, a lot of them were his just like inability to score inside and like getting blocked by the rim. And I don't know if that's like, I I don't know if he's going to change his approach after that, or is he going to feel like I'm not going to miss that many layups again? I don't know. I mean, obviously there was a lot of pressure. It wasn't like he was, yeah. I mean, the Kings had yeah. a lot to do with that, so. Yeah, it's like he he does that with, like, Keegan or whoever's the helper just kind of, like, running at him. But I think, I mean, ultimately, I don't think he'll need to change anything because, like, well, as long as he's only shooting in the context of those, like, four-on-three, you know, like, he's the yeah. best player I've ever seen in those situations. <laughs> and he'll do, like, a couple quarterback keepers. Um, right. So I don't see him changing his approach because the shots he's going to get are still going to be easy shots, I think, if that makes sense. I mean, I will say it was a little frustrating in the third quarter when the game was still really close yesterday when I think both Steph and Clay were shooting like 80% in the quarter and then there were like five straight (laughs) possessions where Draymond Green (laughs) shot. like, I got it. I got this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Uh, I remember, yeah, being there, I I was just thinking like, why aren't they doing better in this? 
Um, I think the single most impressive moment of, I mean, after Clay hits that three at the end of the third quarter, like mm-hmm. I, it, it seemed so over. Where he slowly and, hopped on one leg down the entirety mm-hmm. of the court. It was yeah, so Yeah, that was funny. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought like, this is done. And then the Kings have a 7-0 run in one yeah. minute. Like that it was, was shocking. awesome. Oh um, my God. Yeah. And like thinking, Heard I don't know, thinking block, back. It like, was tight. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know, just to see that level of fight. Um, I really love it. Like Fox, Fox has just been so good. I mean, he's never yeah. mm-hmm. he's never punished guys going under screens like as consistently as he has in this series. Like, I think he's shot more threes in these four games than he probably ever has in any consecutive four game stretch in his career. Um, and it looks good. And I don't think it's sustainable, but like he's going to have eight <laughs> tries a game. So, yeah, I mean, it could be sustainable for another week. Yeah, that's like. the thing. Yeah. I am a little worried Draymond is going to lose his mind in game five. Um, <laughs> Being in Sacramento yeah, and like yeah. against the, like the wrestling ta- audience. Taunting that he, the fans now that he's like a professional wrestler. Yeah. He's a heel, Joey. Yeah. What does it sound like on TV? Do the, does the Kings Arena sound loud? Does it yeah. sound different or is it just yeah. like? It sounds loud. Okay. It does not sound, we believe, loud, but it's close. Okay. Um, I would say that the Chase Center is louder than I would have expected um, from watching on TV, too. Okay. And yeah. I don't know if they're, like, maybe pumping sound in. They are definitely are very, pumping sound in. They are definitely pretty loud. I, I, mean, was dis- I was really disappointed in Game 3 in the noise level. It was, like, the, the they would do the, like, they would call for the Warriors chant, uh-huh. and, like, two out of every three times, people would just kind of be like, eh, well, I also have a theory really that the warriors chant they play is recorded from Oracle. When they mm, oh my God. Wow. Um, I buy it. Yeah. I buy it. Uh, also. Yeah. But in game three, Steph Curry had to consistently tell the crowd to be louder. <laughs> yeah. He was doing it constantly. Anyway, Arco sounds really loud, but again, not uh, uh, golden one, Joey, or sorry, golden one. That's <laughs> Golden I was shocked really by how loud. few Warriors fans were there at the first two games. Like all of the um, all the everything I read, everything I listened to, and I believe this too was like, okay, you know, thirty percent of the arena is Warriors fans for every regular season game. Yeah. It'll probably be the same. Like the high price won't affect anyone. Warriors fans, tech money, yada yada yada. And there were like maybe five hundred Warriors fans yeah. there for game one. Um, yeah, my, I mean, my neighbor's I a Kings more for game fan. Five. My neighbor's a Kings fan, and he was at Game One, and yeah. he said at a certain point, the clo- when the game got closer, there was like a section of five Warriors fans near him, and like <laughs> they were in the upper bowl, and like these like scary hicks he was sitting near were like consistently like every anytime the Warriors would do something they'd look at the uh the Warriors fans and be like, what are they doing in our home? And he was like, this is scary. I was legit scared for these Warriors fans if the Warriors had won the game. Like the guy was like falling down. It was like he was gonna falling down break. Um, yeah you're kind and welcome in 209. <laughs> Yeah, Kings fans are just like weird and feral and mean. And, you know, speaking for myself here, like, yeah, I, I love us. We're great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. It, it's like, yeah, uh, I just, I, yeah, I mean, this series has been really great and it's been very fun to watch. But also, I just feel like for my cardiac health, I wish I could be watching the Kings dismantle the Clippers right now. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Like, you know, there, there was a world where the, like on the last day of the season, 
where if two things broke right that almost broke right, we almost got Kings Pelicans in the first round. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. That I also incredible. thought that, that the NBA would, would rig it enough somehow to make uh, a Suns Warriors first round. Well, I, as a Warrior Ooh, yeah. fan, wanted the Suns. I was like, that is the only team. <laughs> Steph Curry does not lose to Chris Paul and Draymond Green will not mess around against Kevin Durant. Like, it'll be the only team they take seriously. <laughs> and that is the problem with the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> yeah. actually. It's like they don't. There's like a weird entitlement to them where it's like Clay Thompson, uh, plays horribly but he still holds up four rings to just uh, nonstop. Anybody. yeah yeah <laughs> well, i almost think that draymond suspension like got their asses into gear like they yeah. seem to mm-hmm. just kind of not like in game one the warriors would hit like a big three mike brown would call a timeout and i saw this happen at least three times where like he would call a timeout and draymond would then like run up to mike brown and like try to high five him or something like yeah. <laughs> they were just so clearly just like they thought they were gonna roll they were clowning yeah. like Steph was doing it. Clay was yeah. doing it. It was so weird. Yeah. It's embarrassing, frankly. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. Like, I hope – maybe I hope this. I don't know. But, like, I just wonder if I'm going to be able to root them if they're at the rest of the playoffs at the Warriors. Right. right. It's like, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have any problem continuing to – I mean, like, I would root for the King. They're, the Kings are my number two team anyway. Yeah. But uh, – I just can't even get that worked up about Sabonis. Like he got booed a lot, but it's also kind of like um, he uses the ball as a weapon. Sean he got stepped yeah. on. Yeah, he broke the code. He broke the code with that ball. Did uh, you guys listen to the Low Spears podcast yeah. the day after? Uh-huh. It was I. I felt it was horrible. I felt such a weird. I one. felt like I had like sustained like a like a concussion and like lost my ability <laughs> to understand human language because. I was listening to them just talk about Draymond's legacy, the CBA for some reason, yeah. and <laughs> all this. And I just like never, never once. I don't actually know if they said that he stepped on a guy and tried to break his rib, and yeah. that's why he got suspended. Like, I was so. Crazy. Oh, I, it was such a relief that the first warrior they asked about it the next day was Kevon Looney, and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, that was normal playing basketball." Yeah, like we were trying to get rebounds, so you you kind of push each other yeah i mean i never i I think the worst type of guy you can be is a the refs guy um Mm -hmm. yep and just watching you know 80 percent of the online fandom of both fan bases just descend into these like bizarre recriminations about who gets what whistle at home and yada 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 the kings were so favored in games one and two the warriors were so favored in games three and four like Uh Mm -hmm. It's so exhausting. Like nothing that that path is not the path of the true warrior. Like just just pain that way. Like don't don't give your psychic energy to that. And like to be consumed with like that dialogue after game two, and then like the bizarre Draymond shit. It just like it made me feel so bad because like I knew there was going to be some bad calls in game Uh three. Didn't matter. Who cares? Like that's playoff. The refs were just bad yesterday. Like in general, like. They missed the most hilarious Sabonis like double travel of all time. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. We, like, <laughs> it like five times. But so yeah, it funny. just felt erratic. It didn't really feel yeah. biased. And and the Warriors were also clearly flopping in the third quarter and sometimes getting calls and sometimes not. Like I'm fine. The ref discourse I like is making fun of players for flopping. 
Like that's yeah, the one. Yes. Although we did discover a worse discord discourse, which oh, no. is uh official team official scorer uh oh, discourse yeah. with the, with the Reddit JJJ thing. Is like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, someone who called out the Kings for flopping was Mike Brown yesterday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's his right. press conference, he was just like, we got to not look for calls. Like, we're bad on defense with five, and with four, we're unplayable. So you got to get your ass back and <laughs> yeah. play. And also, like, you're, every guy on the floor can shoot. So uh, just have those guys shoot. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And something, like, Draymond was incredible on defense, but it was almost more relieving to see him in there and like not pool because the Kings have not really, they've not leaned on attacking pool and clay sometimes yeah. as hard as I thought they would, like they've done it. Um, but I felt like they almost did it more in the earlier games, but if they're not exploiting him, like the Warriors offense is super dynamic with those three guys out there. And with Draymond, like everything is like a lot crunchier, but I worry less about the Warriors scoring like 15 points in two minutes or something. It's, it's yeah. weird you oh, say totally. that because yeah. as a Warriors fan, it's completely opposite. Anytime Jordan Poole is on the court, I'm like, oh, he's going to dribble the ball off his leg while Steph Curry is <laughs> wide open calling for the ball. Um. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really done it as much this series, but but yeah, it is like we have watched him all season. And uh, at one point, of- Sean and I came up with a theory that actually... If you look at him in commercials, he's always wearing glasses, and maybe mm-hmm. he can't see Ooh. when he's playing basketball. And that yeah, that's why, why he's always he stepping out. He does. <laughs> yeah, he's confused. He doesn't realize he stepped on the baseline. <laughs> he goes always, out of bounds more than anyone else in the league. Why is he always kind of? I feel like if he takes two dribbles in anything less than a straight line mm-hmm. at like speed. He's going to fall down. He's yeah. going to fall down yeah. or like take a layup as he's, his body's at like a 45 yeah. degree angle. What's yeah. up with that? I don't know. And sometimes they, the shots just go in anyway, but yeah. it feels like, like do his shoes not have a grip on that? <laughs> um, have you, have you enjoyed the Malik Monk experience? Oh man. I, I loved Malik Monk in college and then, I think he had some personal problems, but also was like in jail in Charlotte. Like it just where like delightful players go to die. And uh, he rules when he had the bandaid on his face for no reason (laughs) this year. That really won me over. The Kings uh, in like the fourth or like sometime early in the season, they gave out free band-aids when you go in the door. So everyone (laughs) had one one game. Um, He's, I mean, he's been sort of the bellwether for the team this year. Like he's gone through some just, Brutal stretches where he'll score five points on one for seven shooting with four turnovers for like three weeks in a row. And the Kings go like, you know, four and 12 or something like it's just mm-hmm. been it's been shocking. And then like he's been good pretty much yeah. all series. Um, yeah. Really pleasant surprise. I almost feel like his scoring is dependent on him and it's almost independent of the defense because yeah. no one can really stay in front of him. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like J.R. Smith uh, in that he's awesome, but also crazy like uh (laughs) he's either crazy hot or crazy cold i will say i love malik monk i do but i never want to see a game where malik monk shoots 14 free throws ever again that is ridiculous (laughs) well if mike brown has his way you won't he's gonna stop trying to get those yeah um hit them all too i mean his his i didn't realize he had this much sauce as a passer and i don't think anyone did because Mm -hmm. I mean, the Lakers and Hornets basically just said, like, go stand in the corner and then, you know, 
if you attack enough closeouts, maybe you'll get the ball get like cool three times bounce, a game. Yeah. And then, I mean, because Davion is not dynamic, I guess is the word. Yeah. Um, Monk's sort of been like a quasi half backup point guard. And him and Sabonis have this, you know, just great two-man chemistry. Um, yeah. I really, yeah. I really, I've been happy we've gotten some Monk games. It's going to, there's going to be a Herter game at some point, but. Yeah, it's weird because Herter has playoff experience and was actually good in the playoffs. He was good on defense too. Weirdly, yeah, in he that, was like, really series. good oh, in yeah. that Sixers he, series. On de- he was like, I, he was probably the the Hawks' second best player in the And he kind of won series. them game seven. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, he's had a really short leash this series. Um, and I think I think if Keegan if Keegan had like a normal like he played like he did in the first three games yesterday, you'd see more Herder mm-hmm. um, in game four. But like, I don't know, like yeah. Brown just he is obsesses over their defense. All he thinks about is like, yeah, you can see it's like physically pained when the Warriors get open layups on three straight <laughs> possessions. And I think. Kev is like a good team defender, but like in space, he's just, he can't do yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, Man. And the Warriors, I think more than the Kings have shown a willingness to like attack the attackable guys. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I have to say the, the end of game four was kind of my nightmare because Joey and I both have said that we wanted the Warriors to win, but we wanted Harrison Barnes to shoot like 70% from three (laughs) in it. And it was just like, oh, no, not him missing. Like anyone else missing that shot would have been fine. But I was just like, oh, not not the Black Falcon. (laughs) Um, Something that has also driven me mad is like, I think it was in the NBA's official tweet and they they. Phrase that as Steph locks up Fox. To oh, right. And it was like. Mm. He, he played the pick and roll well, but like the Kings got an open shot. Like, And a guy yeah. came over to double. Well, like, yeah. you don't, I actually you don't get credit for locking him up if like he, he another guard perfectly. comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like he didn't, he didn't win the position. I, I actually was, with his I was watching that. I was watching the game with uh, Dave Dufour and he, when they showed that replay, like Dave was like, why is Harrison Barnes even in that play at all? Like, oh, like, he's like a foot away from Fox, too. Yeah, like, and like it's there. just letting Draymond Green stand exactly where Darren Fox wants to go. Um, yeah. Which it, then in, means the shot has to go to Harrison Barnes. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. I just, I just wish, like, my the thing that always cheeses me off about situations like that is like, Okay, so there's I don't know ten or whatever seconds on the shot clock. Guys will start making that move with like four seconds left, yeah. and if the defense does anything, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> so what you got to do is attack with like I don't know seven or eight, because then if the first thing breaks down, you can do the second thing. Yeah. Try to get an offensive rebound or like something. That always yeah. that annoys that annoys me more. The timeout, no timeout discourse. Pay no mind list. Don't care. But the like attacking way too late thing always bothers me. Um, I mean, I normally would tell you that the timeout, no timeout discourse doesn't matter, except uh, Steve Kerr used his last timeout on the worst <laughs> on the on the worst challenge ever. When Draymond Green, who for reasons I didn't understand, was not allowed in the game, uh, the possession, the stoppage before 
So Draymond Green was standing there and in the replay on TV, <laughs> you can see Draymond Green screaming next to Steve Kerr in Steve Kerr's ear. He moved. He moved. He moved. Do not call this challenge. And Steve Kerr did it anyway. It was like it was like it was so obvious there, too, because I was like, could you just look up? at the biggest TV screen you've ever seen that's directly above your head. But you know what? Steve Kerr famously doesn't do that. He didn't even see Draymond Stomp <laughs> on Sabonis because he was focusing on the huddle. That must have been what happened last time. He just needed a hit. I'm you know, honestly convinced he called that challenge to spite Draymond because Draymond was yelling at him not to do it. Master um, of strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was Mike Brown-esque from Steve Kerr. Brown is such a bad such a he's so bad at challenges that's like the one thing he's bad at at coaching and some of that is if you want to read it very generally generously tactical um like he does it a lot when like sabonis picks up charge calls to get his fifth foul at the start of the fourth quarter like it's Mm -hmm. very much like this is a low risk low low success rate but if it hits it really like it really matters um but yeah he brown had a really bad one in game one if you remember i feel oh yeah that was not even close (laughs) yeah I feel like Steve Kerr only calls them when a player tells him to. Yeah. Um, And like sometimes if it's not Draymond, because Draymond is always right, actually, uh, because he's a genius. (laughs) But if anyone like if Clay Thompson is asking for one, it is zero percent success rate. (laughs) It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And Curry usually doesn't really ask for Uh, him because he's just like, "Eh," Uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah. That's a dynamic that I've really like the challenge thing. I'm kind of sort of like against it but not i don't really care yeah but the players begging their coaches to challenge and like and when they clearly fucked up and the coach knows they fucked up yeah. and the way the uh-huh. coaching staff is always just like they kind of have to very gently be like shut up and play defense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good theater <laughs> yeah all right who is your favorite member of this year's sacramento kings the beam team uh it's got to be fox i mean he's he he's he's you know he gets drafted by Sacramento he has like some good years but then some weird regressions and then Halliburton they draft Halliburton and Mitchell in back-to-back drafts mm-hmm. try to trade him for Ben Simmons last year um it's the kind of career arc in Sacramento where you just think like this is just kind of over for him at least here like he's peaked and i mean just to see him turn into like an all nba player and you know, win the clutch player of the year award and do all that after all he's been through self-inflicted and not um, it's, it's been, it's been tremendous. Like I love it. Yeah. We um, really thought that uh, the Warriors fans would boo him more about uh, his uh, NFT scam. His yeah. basketball court, oh, I but, forgot uh, about, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they just might not, they, they might not remember. No, they're all, they're cause they're mad all, at FTX now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say they all own Fox NFTs, but that would make them be mad at him. So, right. Yeah. All right, Patrick, there's one last thing I want to do with you. I'm trying to do this with every team based person we have on. And what I'm going to do is we're going to play a game. I currently have the basketball reference page open for the career leaders for Sacramento Kings in offensive rating. The most oh, important no. basketball yeah, stat the there is. the most important basketball stat. Um, and I'm just tell for you- some context, uh-huh. uh, the all-time leader for the Golden State Warriors 
is Kavon Looney mm-hmm. ahead of uh, just edging Will out Chamberlain. Mario Ellie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mario Ellie's number Chamberlain two. Chamberlain is not on the list for offensive rating career leaders for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Um, yeah, so offensive rating as an individual player stat is sort of just like if you hit like plus minus with a bat several times mm-hmm. to and make it yeah, even never dumber, turn the yeah. ball over. That's basically okay. it's basically never turn the ball over. I'll tell you right now, one and two are currently on this Sacramento team. <laughs> team. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. Do you want me to do you want me to guess? Yeah. Let's 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 hear a guess. Uh. Throw throw a name out here. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through the process. Um, <laughs> the Kings have been decent on. I mean, they're obviously tremendous on offense this year, but sort of bad in years or good in years past. And so I'm gonna guess that I'm gonna guess that they are not like new members of the team. They are not new members of the um, team, and that makes it pretty. That makes it somewhat simple because there's only three guys who've been there longer than like two seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go with Fox and Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes is number one all time. In the, in for franchise the Sacramento history. In Congratulations, Rashawn Holmes. The greatest player. offensive player. He was so good when Halliburton was there. Like it's, mm-hmm. it was a lot of people were shocked to see him go from like the King's best statistical player. If you squint your eyes to like a guy who doesn't play, but like, that was all just Halliburton pick and roll nine foot push shot, which he yeah. shot like sixty five percent on, and then like <laughs> couldn't do anything else on the basketball court either end. But he was great at that. Does that mean Harrison Barnes is number Harrison two? Harrison Barnes is number two. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Nice. All right. Number three and four are two guys I've never heard of, so I'm not even going to let you guess them. Is it? Um, is it Keon Clark and Darius Songaila? Uh, no. In fact, uh, th- these two guys are both. Hardcore journeymen. Okay. Um, it looks like. Oh, they played in the early. They played for the Kings in the. They both played for the Kings in the early. Well, one was in Kansas City, so that would be okay. Ed Neely is number three. Wow, <laughs> legend. And then Jim Less is number four. I don't um, know yet. Um, he should Jim wow. Less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would uh, be a cool jersey to have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Number five uh, is one of my favorite names of all time. Um, I'll tell you right now. He was drafted by the Toronto Raptors, Raptors in 2012, and he played for the Kings for one year in 2013. He is a big man. So, oh, but oh not I was going to say Greg is Vasquez. No. So that means he came over in the Rudy Gay trade. Yeah. Um, he's six seven. I'll also give you his height. So okay, I'm just I'm trying. The Rudy Gay trade was, it was Rudy Gay, Vasquez, and it wasn't Chuck Hayes. He no, this is a Chuck Hayes kind of guy, but Chuck Hayes is better. He also yeah, Chuck Hayes uh, also famously did not play offense. Yeah, um, yeah. And actually, me, like, I take this back. He he. He goes to uh, he goes to Sacramento in 2013 from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to the Knicks for a year, but then he's back in Sacramento in 2015. Is it Quincy AC? It is Quincy oh, AC. Wow. <laughs> Cuz I remember when he when he came back um 
Yeah, I remember I remember him coming back and everyone just being sort of malignantly confused because he was not good in his first turn. But his name hard. sounds like the end of a shitty uh, limerick. I love his name. <laughs> love the name Quincy AC. One of the great basketball it names. It is a good name. He was um, kind of cool. He, not yeah. very skilled, but like no. he played hard and was very athletic. And yeah, I liked him. Cool um, the next guy, uh, you would you've mentioned him already in this conversation. Um and is you gave him as the reason for Rishon Holmes being number one. Oh, Halliburton. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is number oh, yeah. six all time on the Sacramento Kings offense. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I'm sort of I'm surprised that um Jim the Jim Less types are even up there just because like offense was just like not very good. Like offensive yeah. rating has just been trending up and up. So I, I would yeah. expect there'd be a lot of latter day kings on here. Um, but I guess our- also the team has just been so bad. Yeah. For most of the offensive explosion era that maybe that kind of evens out. <laughs> yes. I think about it. Um, all right. Number seven is to me a classic king, even though he uh he definitely played for a lot of other teams. Uh he Is it Peja? No. Because he played for a lot of other teams. No, it's I I think he I think this guy didn't play with Peja. He's a little bit later, but he no oh. no, he played with Peja, I think. His okay. first season is 2004 in Sacramento. Oh, is that Kevin Martin then? It is Kevin Martin. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's he a classic. classic. Yeah. I He's mean, a- the Kings last playoff series before this one, he had a really sick game winner to beat the Spurs um in game 3, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um long time ago. This, he would have no. been like an insanely good player in the 90s, too. Yeah. <laughs> he just like so could not make a three. But then, yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight is the only white guy I've ever seen with a samurai haircut. Oh, Scott Pollard. Scott Pollard is one of the craziest eight, yeah. ass white boys to ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brad Miller is like a, he attends every Kings uh, Kings game now. He always sits courtside. He has like huge, huge long hair. Um I see him in the tunnel, always taking photos with uh, King's opponents. Like he just, this guy just loves basketball. So like uh, after King's sons, I, I saw him just find, I think it was like Josh Akogi or someone. He's just like, Hey, let me get a pick. Let me get a pick. <laughs> um, all right. This next guy, number nine. Uh, finally, we get to a person with a basketball reference nickname. His Ooh. nicknames are Professor Big Shots <laughs> and Belly. Oh, Bielitsa. Yeah, Nemanja. it's Nemanja Bielitsa. Warriors legend. Yeah, wow. Warriors. Champion Nemanja yeah. Bielitsa. Um, do you remember after he hit a game winner in Houston to beat the Rockets when they were good, he gave an interview on live TV and he said, fuck it, we deserve this win. No, that was his that best. Rules. That was his best yeah. king for sure. All right. Um, um, he, go ahead. My, yeah. my other Bielitsa thing that I really like is that he would never – like. Theory says you should be as close to the three-point line as possible. And so guys will hit a little shuffle dribble to, you know. He was better farther away from the He would just, so yeah. wherever he got it, just bomb away. Never move his feet. Respect. All right. And then finally, I did not remember this man was on the Kings. I do remember him as a Golden State Warrior. A real sad Golden State Warrior. Um, he was, this guy was on the Kings for 2007, 2008, and 2008, 2009. Oh, those are grim, grim yeah, years. Yeah, and I think of him as the NBA's preeminent preeminent snake guy. Oh, my God. 
the snake guy who played for the Warriors and, and the, Kings. the Kings. The worst Warriors teams, too. He played, he was on the 09-10 Warriors and the 11-12 Warriors. Let's see. Okay. I'm trying to think of guys snake who guy. played for... I, I believe, I might be wrong about this, but I believe this man was the first person to sign a contract after being in the G League. Okay. Um, those were some really, I'm just trying to think of who was on like the really bad teams. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, it wouldn't have been Omri Caspi. It wasn't, definitely wasn't Tyreek Evans or Jason Thompson. Probably not Spencer Hawes or John Brockman. Um, probably someone who sucked. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. I'll okay. give you his college. He went to Nebraska. Oh, that's not helping. Um... <laughs> Uh, he was he went undrafted and he played for the Fort Wayne Fury before they were the Mad Ants. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get this one. Um, I'll give you some other teams he was on. I also okay. think of this man as a net. Oh, OK. Um, um he, he he has a his, he has, I think I know who you're talking about, Joey. He has double initials. Uh huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, his first I, name is spelled weird. I think I got. I think is it Mikey Moore? It is Mikey yes. Moore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I tell you some other NBA snake guys? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Dwight yeah. Howard, obviously a snake yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, Robert Covington has snakes. That tracks. And uh, mm -hmm. Danny Green has had the same boa constrictor <laughs> since he got into the NBA. <laughs> Well, well, now we know how Danny Green will die in 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Damn. Well, that, that okay. is the Sacramento Kings sense. top 10 offensive <laughs> rating leader. The Mikey Moore one does not. <laughs> Who's the best player on that list? Tyrese Halliburton, right? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, he's better than Kevin Martin. Yeah. I mean, it's close. They both have weird shots. The Kings should draft more yeah. guys with weird shots. Uh, uh, seems that, like it works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the guy with the weirdest shot on the team is Davion, who throws it like vertically upwards. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's so it's so satisfying when his shots go in because yeah, they just they're going like straight down. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one more suggestion that um, I think would help Sacramento win this series before we let you mm. go. Uh, it came out that in response to, I think, Colin Coward complaining, uh, the Kings revealed that the beam only uses as much power as one dishwasher cycle, mm -hmm. I believe. Right. I they actually that thing up. <laughs> That's not that it, it's they can be they don't need to be conserving energy in that respect so much. I Double actually the power was, of the beam. I actually was wondering what at Golden One used more power, the beam or the crypto farm that they have. <laughs> oh yeah, I think they still have that going. I would assume yeah. the crypto farm at this point. <laughs> um, something I like about the beam is like it's on a clear night, it's visible from like kind of far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you'll be somewhere after a game that's like three miles away and you walk outside and you're like oh there it is it's nice um they like to keep it on when the kings win a road game and they're coming home they like to keep it on until the team can see it from the plane because yeah. they all oh, like to like crowd really... around and look at it i love it i love yeah. it all right patrick where can our listeners find you um the website is defector.com um yeah check it out yeah. like and subscribe <laughs> got good stuff on there at redford on twitter I'm I'm writing a Warriors blog right now, so that'll be up at some point on Monday afternoon. Great. 
Um, and yeah, this was good because it'll help me. It helped synthesize a lot of things that I wanted to write. So yeah, well, if you well, enjoyed this conversation, you can read it in uh, worse form. <laughs> <laughs> Tempting uh, offer to be sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, Patrick. And uh, may the best North, Car- North California team win. <laughs> Yeah, I'll see you on Wednesday or I'll see you in hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, you can read his work or watch him eat a full onion at Defector.com. Um, all right. Now, let's talk to our friend Andrea Moore. Very funny comedian. You can follow her on A More or Less on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, she's a new Nick fan, and we talked to her about the new Knicks and the playoff slogans. We're here with comedian and Knicks fan, Andrea Moore. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. I don't know if I'm fully committed to being a Knicks fan. I just like watching them right now. You know what, though? That is the safest way to be a Knicks fan. The last thing you want to do is be Spike Lee, you know? Um, Being non-committal has really worked out for me in NBA. (laughs) So the first thing I wanted to ask you is... How did you become a Fairweather Knicks fan? Um, I mean, I love an underdog story, um, but only when they're doing well. (laughs) I have dated a lot of Knicks fans, so I feel like I picked up on a lot of information through osmosis. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just like people I'm seeing refusing to turn down the Bill Simmons podcast in order to have a conversation with me. And yeah, they're, they've just been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the calves. Uh, I think, I think it's because I don't look good in maroon. Yeah. So I, I mean, no one does, especially Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he had to move to Florida. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Andrea. We have a rule on our podcast. Anytime mentions Bill, anytime anyone mentions Bill Simmons, I have to play this. So bear with me. I believe we should ban the DH long putters, extra points, the NIT, and pickoff throws. You really want to know what I believe? I believe in the four point line. I believe soup is the perfect food. I- all right, soup is the perfect food. Bill Simmons. All right, there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> we did it again, guys. <laughs> The four-point line thing was recent, right? Didn't he say that recently? Uh, I mean, that is the uh, the intro to his failed HBO show, Any Given Wednesday. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I believe he goes on to say something about Kanye West, and then he also says he believes that any that uh, any Matt Damon movie would be better with Ben Affleck. No. No, is it the other way around? What is it? Any Leonardo DiCaprio oh, movie sorry. would be better if it starred Matt Damon. I don't know. I really love The Aviator. I don't know if he's yeah. right on that. No, he's I, I don't think he's right at all, I gotta <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. I couldn't really see Matt Damon fighting a bear either. I'm yeah. sorry. I also don't think I could see Matt Damon in uh, uh, any Quentin Tarantino movie. What about what's yeah. eating Gilbert Grape? Could Damon do it? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think it's nice when dumb people are worth several million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> for years under the bus. I think that's yeah. a- <laughs> uh, The other question I wanted to ask you, Andrea, is who are your favorite celebrity Knicks fans? Because um, we're seeing a lot of different ones than we normally do. 
Like, I'm yeah, seeing I w- less John McEnroe and more Pete Davidson than normal. Oh, really? I feel like yeah. I haven't seen Pete in a while, but I just saw John McEnroe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like any of them. I'm also, like, I was sad to see that Jennifer Connelly is a Nets fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's weird. Like, what happened to make? Is she from New Jersey or something? Or I don't even know. It seems terrible. Yeah. So John McEnroe's in a bunch of NBA commercials. Ben Stiller has been in a lot recently. Mm-hmm. He's also live tweeting the games pretty consistently. Yeah, and just asking for that. It's <laughs> funny because he's not. You would think like, oh, it's Ben Stiller. He's going to have a clever observation, and he's just typing Josh Hart in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, he's like, yeah, this will make sense to people. Yeah. They're pretty, and they pretty much got it. It's like jazz. It's the commentary he doesn't make. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He did start uh, somewhat of a feud with uh, Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies, though. He, he took issue with him saying he did not respect LeBron James until he scored 40 points on him. Wow. Well, yeah. congrats, Ben Stiller. I guess, ben Stiller, Zoolander versus Dylan Brooks. I guess we're not going to see Dylan Brooks in season two of Severance. Uh, you know who which, would be good in that role, though? Matt Damon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 celebrity Knicks fans. So beyond Spike, it's like, uh, you know, they the Knicks lost. Ethan Hawke to the Nets too. Really? He was traded. Well, they banned him from he, never going to a Knicks game. Why? Did they ban I think they just stopped giving him tickets. That I don't think they actually be. banned I, but him. I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might as well be. Yeah, when you work with Link later for that long and you stop getting tickets, it's like basically blacklisted. I mean, he looked so happy watching those teams uh two years ago. He was just in the crowd with his possibly real glasses and mm-hmm. just so excited. And now I feel like it's crashed down upon him. Yeah. What did he do? Uh he I believe he talked uh shit about the owner on like the howard stern show yeah and Um, didn't even really remember doing it until he called the knicks ticket office and they're like there will never be tickets available for you mr hawk (laughs) i imagine they call him mr hawk in that scenario they're like also we did not like that movie you made about the chelsea hotel Um, yeah (laughs) yeah that was the main impetus um, this is a fun Knicks team because it feels like the Knicks have not really done much in the playoffs since the 90s. And this is like a 90s team, too. Yeah. Like it's it's they've got dirt bags. They actually have a guy named Grimes. which right. feels. And then their coach is sort of from the 90s and also sort of from the 1950s. Yeah. Well, the Joey. Tibbs is that he looks like he could be from any era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except I know something about Tibbs that no most people don't know. I was at Summer League one time in 2010 using a urinal in a completely empty bathroom with a wall full of urinals. And Tibbs mm. chose the urinal next to mine and was like elbow rubbing me while using it. And he smells like the blue stuff from an old timey barber shop that the combs are in. 
Oh no. Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't just the smell of the bathroom? I know it was not the smell of the bathroom. It was the smell of whatever is in the tiny strands of hair that he slicks back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think if the Knicks do win it all, that's what he should get a bath in, not Gatorade. Barbasol? Just yeah. Barbasol, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever that stuff's called. Barbicide? Is that Barbicide? What it's yeah, I think it's Barbicide. Yeah, I bar- only know the barb part because this, yeah. the font is so big yeah. that you <laughs> Um, who is your favorite player on the New York Knicks right now um I mean I don't know I I feel like I can't say Hardenstein because he's white but like I feel like Hardenstein (laughs) is the one player who when they start missing shots he doesn't give up like everyone else will just start ball watching and like Mm -hmm can see like Julius Randall knows his son is somewhere crying and like, uh-huh. <laughs> about moving to China. And like, he's just the one who's still making drives and getting looks, but I don't know. Yeah. I like quickly. I like Mitch. I don't like Julius Randall because I just think, think he's so inconsistent and like, I don't know why he starts, but <laughs> I don't I don't know why any like I would love to ask Tibbs that. No one seems to like him. Tibbs or Julius Randall? Julius um, Randall. Yeah. Or Tibbs. Yeah, both. Yeah. Both. Uh, <laughs> it feels like most Knicks fans I know are constantly angry at Tom Thibodeau for never playing Emmanuel quickly enough. Like most Knicks fans want Emmanuel quickly to play 48 minutes a game, it seems like. For me, I just feel like all of the Knicks have such low self-esteem and are so unable to bounce back, like, confidence-wise that I blame it on Tibbs. Like, I feel like he maybe has this old-school style of, like, like being, like, a Russian's Olympics, like, a Russian Olympics coach. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, your family, your mom and, like, dad hate you. And then it's like, you can, I don't know. I just I feel like we need to get, like, uh, someone in there who's about affirmations and like you know let's let's boost these guys up they seem so sad all the time i could definitely see tibbs like sweeping food off the post-game buffet after they lose or even if they win but they give up you know too many second chance points he's still like nobody eats yeah except for me yeah yeah (laughs) um what was that story sean about tibbs just being in like a basement with a barbell and like fast food wrappers watching film. Remember that? <laughs> um, well, I know I know he's like notorious for um, just watching film and like chugging Diet Coke yeah. at all hours. And uh, at one point he came close to getting engaged, I believe, when he was in college. And then just decided that life isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then like just has not known the touch yeah, of a woman married, in like 30 years. Basketball. Yeah. Um, so I mean legal in New York though. Yeah. Yeah, that is it's true. He's married, he's married to the game in a weird way. <laughs> I feel like that's a common thing in basketball where there's so many managers and owners and coaches who are just like, I can't do dating. I can't like Jeannie Buss and Phil Jackson and Tibbs and I mean the players don't seem to well, have a hard players all have eight girlfriends. I have a bad mm-hmm. I have bad news for you, Andrea, that I'm about uh-huh. to break for you. Do you know who Jeannie Buss is engaged to currently? 
Yeah, uh, Jay Moore. Yeah. I, I feel like that's, you know, it's kind of a last ditch effort. Like, <laughs> or is that just because Jay Moore is so hot? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So uh, let me just give you a couple more details on uh, Tom Thibodeau's uh, engagement. He was in grad school at Salem State, which is where he went to college. I don't know if that's Oregon or which trial, Massachusetts. I guarantee uh, that is not oh. Oregon. Really? <laughs> he, he apparently dated two different women named Debbie at the same time. And then he got engaged to one of the Debbies. And then... Um, he canceled the wedding six weeks out and told his boss, there's no room in my life for a woman. If I'm going to be a basketball coach, what was he getting his graduate degree in? I'm sure it was like sweating, like grit. <laughs> uh, he graduated well, if you look at young pictures of young Tom Thibodeau, it was actually having a mullet. Um, he had a very pronounced mullet. Um, here, I, I, here, I'll, I'll, I'll okay, drop this is this I'll is shocking. This photo in the the chat here. Um, this is not what I would have expected. Tom Thibodeau has a master's degree in counseling. Uh, he doesn't seem that particularly empathetic to me. He doesn't. He doesn't. No. <laughs> well, it's not that well known of a grad school. Not, none of us knew where it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, a photo of young Tom Thibodeau is in the chat if anyone would like to look at it. Um, oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Massachusetts, Salem, Joey. Not that you should have doubted that ever. Um, Wait, should I go to grad school for counseling? I think you'd be better at it than Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. I don't really want to go to Oregon or Massachusetts, though. No. I like I place. <laughs> Well, they do have other grads. There are uh, there are other grad school programs other than one in both Salem's. Well, um, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> so are you both like from the Bay Area? Yeah, Warriors yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling about the, the series? Uh, OK, I mean, I was happy that I didn't have to deal with the like Steph Curry being a uh, bad, not clutch again because he called the timeout they didn't have the other day because they I mean, won that the was, game. We didn't. It have was to almost have one of the dumbest plays of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. They just. It was a tri- yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Sean. It was well, a tribute to the most famous player that's played for both teams, Chris yeah, Webber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your fans love that. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Uh, Andrea. Which calf do you hate the most? I don't know. I guess Mobley because he's like young and hot and new. And so I'm like envious. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're, they, they even drafted his brother because they liked him so much. Right. Like imagine what that's like to be so well liked that even your family gets like special treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, do, how do you feel about Jarrett Allen? Um, honestly, don't know who that is. He's the other tall guy with the afro on the calves. Oh, 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 he's one of the Twin Towers. Yes, he's yeah. one of the Twin Towers. Yeah, yeah, I love him. I love that he looks yeah. like that. I think it's so funny. You know what's funny about him? Uh, you know what his favorite thing to do is? Build Legos. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, he, does he, he looks like a Lego guy, doesn't he? Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Both him and Legos are kind of timeless, it yeah. seems. 
It's true. <laughs> Him, this is a real timeless series. There's Jared Allen, there's Tom Thibodeau, and there's Legos. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and the and the Knicks basically benched all their old guys that you would remember like halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot um, that What's-His-Name still played for them. Who's the... Who's Derek the Rose? Yes. Completely <laughs> forgot about him. Yeah. And then he's just still kind of on the team. And mm-hmm. they didn't really trade him or do or play him. Yeah. I think they forgot. And then it was like, you know, you kind of have to go along with it and pretend like you didn't forget. I feel like a lot of these guys maybe don't want to move out of New York. And so they're just kind of like, well, I mean, the, the checks are still coming. So even if I'm on the bench, like the alternative might be that I have to move to Oklahoma City. So I'm just going to let Thibodeau forget about me for a couple months. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. It's like a reverse Steph Curry where he's like, we don't want people coming in to our yes. neighborhood. Yeah, he wants he wants to build a, a fence around the uh, shot clock too, right, Joey? <laughs> yeah, sorry, fence. I was I was looking up Derek Rose's <laughs> Twitter account because I haven't thought about him in two years, and sorry, I just learned something very strange. He's currently promoting something called Chestival at in Las Vegas, July seventh and eighth. And it's, it's, a it's called Chestival by Derrick Rose. And all it says is reimagining chess for a new era. Register now. Does this, sure this isn't like one of those hat, like the MacBook scams uh, <laughs> that have been going around where like people get their Twitters hacked? Yeah. Well, there's a video of Derrick Rose playing chess under a subway in black. And well, no, it's not Derrick Rose, but it is people playing chess. It's an innovative chess tournament. It's probably taking place in uh, the metaverse, Joey. Competitors will include top athletes, musicians, and other notable chess aficionados. I don't understand that. Just go to Washington Square Park. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you trying to leave New York? The winner chess in Las Vegas seems insane. (laughs) At Resorts World, the winner gets $50,000. Does this coincide with Summer League? Yes, it is. Oh my it is God. part of What's summer league. Joey, yeah. we're gonna have to cover. I, I know we have to go to Chestival. <laughs> wow. Well, this um, is this is an unexpected wrinkle <laughs> in my July plans, yeah. Joey. Sorry about sorry about uh. <laughs> anyway, Clay Thompson was a chess player for a while. Yeah, he used to play against his roommate. Clay doesn't have a roommate for a really long time in his NBA career. He might still have a roommate. It's sponsored by Adidas, Wasserman, and Resorts World Las Vegas, which we Wasserman all know. Wasserman, the Olympics. we love that guy. Oh, we as, love Wasserman. Yeah, we love he Casey never, Wasserman. Almost as much that. as he loved going, hanging out with Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, yeah. <laughs> Man. Betting favorite is for Chestable. I mean, yeah, I can't find even him. find out who's in it. They're, they claim there's going to be athletes and celebrity influencers or whatever, but I, it doesn't appear they're not they're not letting go who the famous chess aficionados are. They haven't leaked the lineup yet. They're waiting for Coachella to be over. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a similar format where the most well-known chess players are the bigger, biggest font. And then yeah, the problem is that in the last 10 or 15 years, a lot of famous chess players are like, oh, that guy's a white supremacist. Whoops. Uh, really? I'm not, I didn't know about this. Well, didn't didn't Bobby Fischer become like a weird? He's uh, yeah, he's like an anti-Semite. Um, 
I guess Gary Kasparov is uh, an anti-Putin guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, a lot of cool dudes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just very strange to me that a guy who famously cheated on the SATs is now a chess man. <laughs> that is true. Can you cheat in chess? Is that, like, doable? Honestly, I think you can cheat in I chess. I think you can probably cheat in chess. Like, I don't know how, but you can probably cheat in chess, yeah. Um, There's a crazy, uh, a lot of, um, there was a brief time when, during the poker boom where some guys were trying to become chess hustlers because they could just predict the number of attacks but uh usually people who are good at playing chess were still uh, a lot better well a weird thing about chess is it's weirdly popular with zoomers like a lot I of the famous twitch streamers play chess yeah. um and they Do like they brag stream about what, chess? yes they on like chess.com and they like brag about their like chess ranking it's like well, the maybe they'll golf. be a chessable. Yeah. Maybe there'll be more <laughs> yeah. chess influencers. Maybe, maybe maybe we'll see Mr. Beast at Chestival, sponsored yeah. by Derek Rose. <laughs> All right, so um, I wanted to do a little game with both you guys, uh, where we go through some of this year's NBA playoff slogans for these teams. I just want to get just quick reactions to them. Um, is it a game or is this us reacting? It's not really a game. It's just you reacting. I, there's no there's no game to it. I, I said it was a game, but there's no winning or losing. Um, okay, I'm just going to go through. Okay, so the Atlanta Hawks, their slogan is Together 404. It sounds like Hillary Clinton's campaign slogan. <laughs> You're like, okay, this was manufactured in Silicon Valley and it doesn't resonate with anyone. Yeah. See, so for- I immediately thought of 404 as the internet error code, right? It's like yes. 404 file not found. Oh, yeah. that's too niche. Yeah, yeah it is fair. the area code of Atlanta, but um, yeah, no one's into that. It's not. It's not like... There are people in Sacramento have more pride about their area code than people in Atlanta do, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the Sacramento one again? Oh, it is. Right? No, no, 209 is like 209's Sacramento. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Oh. It's 209's like Modesto, Sacramento, yeah. the whole valley. There's probably extra ones now with cell phones, but that's the classic one. Yeah. People say 209 until I die. Are you guys both uh, 415 or 510? I'm a 510. Man, I'm a four one five, and I'm old. I'm old enough that uh, I remember. I, mean, I got it when I lived in San Francisco. I remember when five one zero started. Um, really? Yeah. Well, when I was in college, uh, after my freshman year, nine two five was I, invented. Yeah, and it became play? it became so much more complicated to uh, dial my parents from my dorm room. Mm-hmm. Because they were in nine two five, and suddenly it was a different area. Code. I was so in high put school in like a twelve digit code. Started, and we would make fun of the one kid who had a nine two five area code on his uh, Nokia cell phone. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I was in graduate school at Salem State. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was dating this guy with a mullet named Tom. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was six five zero. Uh, yeah, okay, so that one sucks. Um, okay, wait, say it again. What is it again? Together 404. It's so stupid. I it's, not, it. it's not catchy at all. 
it reminds me of the Atlanta Hawks. Not, not like, why is this here? Uh, can we get rid of it already? Okay. Uh, the Boston Celtics have unfinished business, but then the IS is in a different color. Uh-huh. And it's and a not, 1-8, isn't it? Oh, is that? Oh, that's yeah, what it's supposed it to be? Yeah, because it would be their 19th or 18th championship. 18th. Oh, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. Okay. I was like... I'm having a hard time visualizing Yeah. This. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Um, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me send you the link. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize this would slow down our momentum. No, no, you're oh, good. I know, I know. We, we, I should have thought of that, actually, because explaining this that one, this Also, good. most of them just make sense, and this one is a weird uh, choice. Also, the ones that they were wearing at the start of the playoffs were not green and white. They were, like, blue and gold, and it, it didn't make any sense. Oh, that's horrible. It really does look like IS. Yeah. But it's <laughs> Yeah. Also, the audacity to think that they're going to win. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's one of your it's best better. Players can't stop bleeding. <laughs> I mean, it is better than their previous one. I will give them that. I'm gonna send you that one right now. Um, their, their next one, their their previous one was uh, they don't make players like Larry Bird anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's worse than that, actually. Um, <laughs> It was see us rise, but it looked like cuss cries. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it looks like? It's like, um, okay, this is how a dyslexic person sees words. And yeah. What goes through their brain? I, I was thinking of it as like a rebus too. I was like on a sea cruise. Is that what it? So uh, Unfinished Business is also the name of a book about the 1991 Celtics, mm -hmm. which is a year where uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and K Robert Parrish all got hurt. And in the Amazon description, it says, the innovative coach was criticized in a city rife with racial tension for using young black players to change the Celtics style. So it is kind of a commemoration of racism, which is really important when you're looking for a Boston Celtics slogan. Uh, uh, finished business. Yeah. yeah, finished business. That's next year. Like, yeah, we don't care. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the Brooklyn Nets slogan, they're already out of the playoffs, but their slogan was the Brooklyn way. Which cool. I kind of like that one. Yeah. Understandable. It, it does sound like a movie that Robert De Niro would have made with Jamie Kennedy in like 2005, though, when he was having tax problems or his wife's restaurant was failing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's an actor. I got to teach him the Brooklyn way. I don't know. I'm thinking more like a Jay-Z lyric or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that would be the one winning season in the city of Brooklyn since like 1995. So that's right. <laughs> Huh. Um, okay. Uh, Cleveland slogan is let them know. Yeah, I like that one. That one's I like good. it too. I also like it. Well, you know what I like I too? I will say is... it's a little too hard for the city of Cleveland, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a Detroit slogan. 
It does feel like or like a Memphis well, slogan. Well, the thing is, Joey, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers is the largest uh, landlord in the city of Detroit. So it kind of is. Oh, he basically is Dan the Gilbert's fist, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Is he like the Blackstone? He's like a mom and pop Blackstone. No, he's not he, mom and pop. He's he owns Quicken. And Rocket, yeah, Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgages. Oh my god. Yeah. And there uh, was a really funny thing when LeBron wanted to, before LeBron moved to LA, he actually tried to do a backroom deal where the owner of the Pistons and the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers switched franchises because he hates the Cleveland owner so much. But oh, that guy good. loves Detroit so much. So he was like, what if you took the Pistons instead and I could stay here? <laughs> um, I mean, that's cool that LeBron hates him because sometimes I get worried that he's like, I don't know, secretly a landlord or something. Oh, LeBron is definitely not secretly a landlord. He is a landlord. I described... LeBron's vice as capitalism on this show at one point. Um, but his school is a public school. It's not a charter or private. Yeah, but since he was 18 years old, LeBron has always said his main goal was to be a sports first billionaire. Did Tiger beat him? No, Michael Jordan did. Oh. Um, because Jordan's shoes all of a sudden were worth so much, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> so uh, there are actually two um, mortgage company talking. billionaires now in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the one who just bought the Phoenix Suns loathes the guy who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have yeah, like a blood like a mortgage feud. feud. And their offices are like a mile apart from each other in Detroit. Who's the one seed and who's the two seed? Dan Gilbert from the Cavs. Is yeah, he's the, the one, one seed. seed. Yeah, the other guy's hungrier. He's more like the Grizzlies because he he like threatens to ban people who do business with Dan Gilbert and yeah, yeah he's waving a gun around. Yeah, yeah there's a <laughs> it's a gun that takes people's houses though. It's yeah, not yeah. a real gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. Uh, the the Knicks second round opponent, right? Right, guys. Probably. Yeah. Uh, it is white hot. But they're I not. Mean, they're, well, it's, it's both racially weird and also they're not white hot. No, they're 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 like an. I mean, they're Miami Heat in the sense that it's like a slow burning fire. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like an underground fire that you can't put out. You know that they caught fire years ago. Um, they don't have quite as many white players as normal either. Well, they have with Max Tyler Hero out. They're all Cuban immigrants. Duncan Robinson, I guess. Yeah. Kevin Love. Oh, they, yeah, they do have Love. a lot of white yeah. players. I'm yeah, sorry. What are you talking about? I, 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 I'm an idiot. They... One time I, I, I went on a date with someone and I was like, this was years ago, and I was like, has anyone ever, I'm like trying to compliment him. I'm like, has anyone ever told you that you look like Kevin Love? And he goes, yeah, I actually get that a lot. Whoa. And I'm like, just don't act just like say you get thank that. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin Love is hot. I mean, he wasn't when he was like a dumpy UCLA guy with like the uh, the skinny beard hiding like uh, baby fat. But um, he gets he gets hotter the older he gets. It's incredible. The thing is, like he he seemed kind of soft in college and everything. But now that he's just gotten like crankier, it makes him seem like a lot more uh, uh, macho, I think. Yeah, being happy is beta. Yeah. 
Um, the Milwaukee Bucks sticking with Fear the Deer. I don't think they've changed that slogan in like six years. Why would you? Why would you change that ever? Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, Okay, your beloved New York Knicks. Their slogan is "All in, all one." It's just it's kind of confusing. It makes me think it's like all in one. Or, it reminds me of like instructions for how to board a plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the see something, say something yes. of NBA yes. playoff it, slogans. It it's pro cop. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, really? <laughs> that's what it, Eric Adams wrote this slogan. It's, it's weirdly like what they tell kids to like hide from school shooters now, where it's like run, hide, fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all in, all one. Um, what does that mean? What is like the subtext of that? I'm not even really sure. Like they're all in because they're all committed, and then they're all one because they're all they're one team teammates. Like, yeah, I don't know. I hate just, it. Just what? make your slogan "Fear the Deer." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. Remember, we're still mad about 9/11. Like we're still, and then just put like a a, a fire fire department I don't know logo why they on didn't it. Just sell shirts with, that said Bing Bong on them. Just make Bing. it Bing Bong. It should be Bing Bong. Yeah. What's Bing Bong? Uh, yeah. Okay, and then uh, our last Wait, Eastern Conference. Sean, we have to. Andrea sorry. just oh, asked what oh, Bing Bong is. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's it's the sound of the, the subway, subway makes, makes when the doors are open. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but they there was a video <laughs> last year after the Knicks beat Trey Young in the or after the Knicks were in the playoffs against Trey Young. It was opening night and it was a like just the rowdiest <laughs> New York Knicks fans chanting fuck Trey Young and then going oh, bing bong bing bong into That's the um uh, microphone. I, mean, I also hate Trey Young sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it is also, I believe, something that Peppa Pig says. Yeah, I, but definitely the guy, the most famous guy in that video said, Bing Bong, fuck your life. That should be just their slogan. I'm sorry. That's their yeah, slogan. <laughs> it's like um, Justin Timberlake in uh, in the social network where it's like, lose the second part. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot cleaner. No fuck your life. Yeah, no fuck your life. <laughs> you know what's cooler than a million bing bongs, Joey? Two bing bongs. <laughs> a million bing bongs. <laughs> um, okay, Philadelphia 76ers. Theirs is for the love of Philly. Mm-mm. And I guess that's because it's the city of brotherly love. Uh-huh. But it's also the most hostile place in the United States, basically. <laughs> um I, I don't know. I just it's also weirdly wordy. Yeah, it's yeah. too wordy. Just make well, it's it- like it, I guess it's like for the love of money, for the love of the game. I don't know. It makes it sound like someone's like had it up to here. And they're like, <laughs> for the love of money. <laughs> I say. Shoot the ball, Ben Simmons, for the love of Philly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, don't like it. No. Hate it. Uh, Denver Nuggets, bring it in. Are they on a timeout? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really seems like they're just celebrating like drawing up a play and it's not bring it on which mm-hmm. maybe would run into or, cheerleading things or but what about bring it on too yeah <laughs> yeah take it to the streets yeah or whatever the what about bringing bringing down the house 
Remember that movie? <laughs> with with Steve Martin and Queen Latifah? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, and uh-huh. Eugene Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I did remember. I haven't seen it, but, you know. Um, I feel like Steve Martin probably raps in that movie. He That's does, That's terrible? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know he what? definitely sags. Say that again, Andrea? I, I like it. Bring it yeah. in. Yeah, I like it too, actually. It's easy to remember. It's not, yeah. It does feel like uh, their extremely New York coach, Michael Malone, just says that all the time and really like i guess that could be a t-shirt well i also think it's like they're trying to tell their fans like please come to the games <laughs> bring <laughs> right. it in <laughs> bring it in come on in here um uh they're they're sort of popular i would say the nuggets should be more popular based on how good their main nikola jokic is but they they apparently have a really um are embroiled in some kind of corporate cable feud where it's hard to watch their games on tv in denver yeah but nba streams baby yeah Yeah. exactly come on denver grow up (laughs) start pirating um that should be their slogan just get a vpn get a vpn (laughs) (laughs) uh okay golden state warriors are gold-blooded no, I don't like that one, especially because the Warriors have had so many good ones in the past. So historically, mm-hmm. this feels very It's downhill. horrible. It also, it's also kind of emblematic of the Bay Area and that it's going downhill. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like austerity politics. In Francisco, there's so many hills. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like the kind of it feels like the kind of name, overly clever name of a failed app, too. Yeah. yeah. And the Warriors owners probably have blood boys. So mm-hmm. and they they spend like the gold, the premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blood, young blood yeah, is the what pl- they the get. The premium young blood that. Yeah. I also went to the game on Sunday. So I snatched uh, a bunch of additional T-shirts and uh, I have a very funny, fu- funny photo of my five year old nephew wearing an extra large gold blooded T-shirt that reaches the ground. Well, I have one of those, and I probably look just as ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, I don't, I don't know. There's something I just want to bring up here that's not basketball yeah. related, real yeah, quick. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I saw a. Uh, it was like a clickbait TMZ article that just said like pictures of celebrities at Coachella, and the first one was Jeff Bezos. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, do you think he, do you think he, he just does reminded mauling? me of Gold Blood, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, my shirt said "Strength in Numbers." I forget yeah. how many years ago that one was. That was yeah. well, that was their slogan for a long time. Was that twenty yeah. nineteen? Yeah, it was I think their they're... slogan from like fifteen to nineteen. I want to yeah. say, yeah. Because didn't did David Lee say that? I think I think, I think it was David it. Lee. Oh. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, you, you said it. That's why they gave you the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next, John? Oh, uh, the L.A. Clippers. Their slogan is all hands. Really? It's not give no quarter? Because that one doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. All hands is like a weird staff meeting that your whole company has yeah, to go to but for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, it's like how you would... Um, all you would refer to like a boss from the 60s who was a sexual predator. Yeah. yeah. Now, like that guy's all hands. He's... Or it's like nautical themed. Yeah. 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 I mean, so uh, is give no quarter. Oh, I guess though. maybe that's the idea because they're like the clipper ships. They've never promoted the boat aspect of their name 
in like uh, decades, right, Joey? Yeah, because Give No Quarter though is also like a pirate thing. Wait, right? really? Explain. I didn't. I've... It's like uh, that's what it means when you fly the black flag. Is that you're taking no prisoners? <laughs> oh, that makes so much more yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Napoleon ruled the seas. What's the uh, what's the, the thing? Master from and command. Ma- master and commander. <laughs> the oceans are battlefields. That's what it should be. The oceans uh, are battlefields. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's why we're moving incrementally closer to the ocean. Look, I watched Dunkirk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, there could have been a clipper ship involved in there <laughs> if there was a. I didn't see any of our players. No Kawhi in that movie. No. No Thomas Man. <laughs> and I believe the Clippers are the official team of alt comedy in Los Angeles. Is that they right, Joey? The, their only fans are middle level uh, television writers for mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, you actually, your graduation uh, from the 101 series at UCB actually happens at a Clippers game. Yeah, Yeah, right outside Crypto.com Arena. I got to sit in the seventh row once on opening night with the Clippers, and my friend's like, yeah, I have Clippers tickets. I was like, wow, you bought really nice Clippers tickets. And he's like, no, I just got these when I moved. It was like part of the coupon package. (laughs) (laughs) It's very weird. Um, um, I actually, though, will say I don't like all hands, but it is less embarrassing than streetlights, not stoplights oof, oh, that was uh, bad. or stoplights, not spotlight, spotlights, streetlights, not spotlights, not spotlights. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which was how they were promoting themselves two years ago, <laughs> even though I believe their payroll was higher than the Lakers payroll at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, was that just all going to Kauai? Yeah, well, and Paul yeah, basically, George. and Paul yeah. George, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that worked out really well for them. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as far as I can tell, the Lakers don't have a playoff slogan. That's how you do it. That's exactly, it. they're like, "We're the Lakers." That's our slogan. <laughs> yeah, show, showtime. Um, and I don't. I think the Grizzlies decided not to have one too, and really? I think. As far as that, well, last year they went really too hard on their slogans and oh. they kept, um, they have these things called growl towels they give out with a slogan each time. And uh, what I think is that after all the John Rant stuff, mm-hmm. um, they can't, um, I just don't think that they've, I think a lot of the, like the, the lyrics they use are often uh, maybe violent and they're about uh, hip hop songs. And now like, like, you know, dirty Memphis songs uh, are not as appealing when, uh, yeah. I well, mean, last so, year it was Mem This, right? Mem This, which was yeah. really bad. <laughs> uh, about like members only or something. <laughs> Well, they've had they've had one that was you hear me. One just said air buddy. Mm-hmm. They also had the best one ever, though, which was grit and grind. Yeah, that's uh, really good. Yeah. Weird. Weird. They uh-huh. don't have one. They're usually uh, like a slogan team. Yeah, they usually have way too many. But yeah, I'm telling you, it's got to be like a jaw thing that they're like, all of these could be used as puns about gun violence. And we can't <laughs> get anything keeping him in line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Timberwolves are repeating their slogan, which is we're all raised by wolves. I don't understand why it's we're all just make it raised by raised wolves. by wolves. Right. That's raised good. By wolves. It's cleaner. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like the owner messed up that slogan and no one was willing to correct him. You mean that's what Alex Rodriguez? Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, that's Rodriguez. absolutely <laughs> what happened. <laughs> you guys uh, follow Anthony Edwards' uh, dog? Are you guys familiar with this? I am familiar with it. I do not follow it, uh, but it's a great account. He named his dog after himself. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> I love him. It's too bad they've surrounded him with the saddest people alive to as teammates. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, Sean. they should have just just all those guys that they traded to the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> they should have just kept him. <laughs> all right, uh, Sean. Is there anything else we want to do with Andrea here? We, oh, we, we just half have two more. Hour. We have two. Oh, two oh sorry, we have okay, two more yeah. quick slogans. I'm sorry. Uh, Phoenix Suns are repeating "Rally the Valley." It's good. That's it's good. good. Yeah, like it's a run. I wouldn't have done it because they lost in the second round last year, but yeah, it's it's good. They got a new owner. They didn't have the same. And then uh, the Sacramento Kings are fear the roar. Just make it. And it's it's like people don't realize that their mascot is a lion. But also, uh, you can't have it fear the when fear the deer is one. Like yeah, a like, non-rhyming one. Yeah. yeah, at least if you're gonna copy it, make it have it be something that rhymes with also, fear. Also, why isn't it just light the beam? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that beam team. Yeah, or Any beam team. The capital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Anything. take advantage of the fact that you're in the capital. What if they just said how a bill becomes a law? <laughs> oh, what about uh, like uh, something like like uh, something to do with like storming the capital? Yeah. Oh, that would be tight. That would be tight. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. It'd be really good for some- <laughs> from the state house to the penthouse. Uh-huh. How so good at these? Wow, didn't see we should be hired for all of these things. Yeah. Oh. Maybe not me. I'm too busy going to this chess tournament. But. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see you at Chestival. Yeah, um, Derek Rose's Chestival. Please show some <laughs> some respect. <laughs> not to be confused with other Chestivals. Right. <laughs> um, well, thank you for joining us for this. Thank you this. for having me. Do you have anything that you would like to hype, be it a show, a project, uh, community fridges, whatever? Yeah, I guess if you're in LA, donate to the community fridges. Oh, I really want to get into sports betting, but I don't know how to do it. So if anyone wants to teach me, that's so much more important than supporting your local. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really really good for me. Yeah, I think it would be good for you. I mean, what's what's not what's no one has ever lost uh, betting on sports, right? No, um, I'm mm-hmm. so susceptible to all of those FanDuel ads and like, yeah, I'm a sucker for marketing. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, perfect. Uh, where can people follow you, Andrew? I'm on Twitter and Instagram as a more or less. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite Twitters. Uh, thank you so much for having it. What for coming? You had us. Sing on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for chopping it up. Bing bong. Bing yeah. bong. <laughs> All right, Sean, there's one thing I want to do before we leave. Uh, because Andrea Moore was a new Nick fan, but we did talk right. about the Knicks, we have to. I'm making you play the offensive rating game. Oh, for the okay. New York Knicks. So here are the 10 greatest players in New York Knicks history. Um, okay. Number one is currently on the team. 
Is it Mitchell Robinson? It is Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, number- I've, I've, see, I have the advantage of having heard some other games before. Uh-huh. Number two is like um, uh, Carmelo Anthony Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Quentin Grimes. Uh, Quentin Grimes, no, but Quentin Grimes <laughs> is on this list. He is number five. Oh, congratulations to Quentin Grimes. Oh, uh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, correct, is number two. Number two, the second greatest you offensive player in You get what I mean when I history. say he's like yes, Carmelo yes, Anthony, yes. Mitchell Robinson. I, okay. I unfortunately gave you uh, Mitchell Robinson, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, number three is uh, Tom Thibodeau's son. Uh, is that Josh Hart? No, Jalen Brunson. No, oh, 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 uh, Todd Gibson. Todd Gibson is the third <laughs> greatest player in Knicks history. Yes. Um, number four is a tall white man who shoots threes. Who barely Steve Novak. Steve Novak oh. is number <laughs> <Wow>. four. <laughs> Um, I said that and I was like, oh, wait, I should say Porzingis. But. <laughs> uh, Quentin Grimes is number five. We got that Congra- one. Congratulations, QG. Number six is a man who's going to um, either sue the NBA or because he was blackballed or, um, uh, uh, I don't know, a hang- he's hanging out with John P- DePodesto right now. Yeah, uh, his name is Ennis Cantor, and he's going to win that yeah, lawsuit. It's Ennis Freedom, actually. Ennis Freedom. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Don't Jeez. dead name him. Wow. I'm, uh, I apologize to the entire uh, Gulan cult or Gulen. Uh, <laughs> Number seven is a stockbroker right now. Uh, David Lee. David Lee. That is correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, number eight might have. Never played for the Knicks, but might have been an assistant coach for the Knicks at one point. Um, um, Herb Williams? I think of this man more as a coach. He No, he did play for the Knicks. I lied. He did play for the Knicks. Bill Cartwright. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously he played for the Knicks for one year from <laughs> 1990 to 91, or else he wouldn't be on this list. Uh-huh. I think of this man um, as a... Uh, he once saved a child singing the national anthem. Maurice is, Cheeks. It's Maurice Cheeks, yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not remember him being on the Knicks. <laughs> Me either. Um, that's why I said he didn't play yeah. for the Knicks, but he might have been assistant coach for the Knicks. Doesn't he I seem like a like, Knicks assistant now? Like, <laughs> well, it's like Mo Cheeks left, and they're like, well, we have to add Doc Rivers now. That's the closest <laughs> thing we can... Um, and then number nine is the oldest rookie I think has ever played in the league. Oh, uh, Pablo Prigioni. Pablo Prigioni is number number nine. nine. (laughs) And then number 10 is currently on the Knicks. Um, He was a high first round draft pick. It is Obi Toppin. Wow, what a squad. Three three all-time offensive leaders on this Knicks team. (laughs) And Todd Gibson feels like he should be on this Knicks team. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, can't he just stand at the side of the bench so Tibbs can think about putting him in and then not do it? Um, that's our episode. Uh, follow Patrick and Andrea. Sean, mm-hmm. do you have an album coming out that people should be looking out for here soon? I do. It's called America's Uncle Dad. And, uh, I have one more thing. I'll hype a thing in Sacramento because of the nature of our talk. I will be headlining Comedy Under the Stars in Elk Grove on Friday, July 28th. Great. Um, and then also... 
I don't want to jump ahead here, but if the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers both win their respective playoff series and you are a rich person who can afford tickets, give me your other ticket. I want to go see the Warriors play. <laughs> yeah. um, Come on. All right. Uh, that's my plug. Um, Frankie Muniz is currently the points leader in NHRA racing, so good for yep, him. Yep. I don't want to read a tweet, but we'll go for it. No, he's killing it. Yeah. We love you, Frankie. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's all hurt our fingers. <laughs> Left a job at Cablevision Sexually harassing every night and day But I never felt more like a desperado Till I booked 10 dates for the Eagles to play Nick French, just keep on pointing Proud Jimmy, keep on pointing Dolan, Dolan Dolan on the river Signed a lot of bad free agents Gave Isaiah millions to ruin my team But I never knew the power of the guitar Till I wrote a song about Harvey Weinstein Front office keep on joining Proud Jimmy keep on oining Dolan Dolan, Dolan on the river. Hi, this is James Dolan, and I am a blues man. Like Robert Johnson, I also sold my soul to the devil. But I did it to get Andre Bargnani. <laughs> Honestly, when they suggested a pick swap, I thought they meant trading vintage guitar picks, like the one I stole out of Dwayne Allman's grave. Looks like that little mistake cost me Jakob Pertle, Jonah Bolden, and my immortal soul. That's a whoopsie. That's on Dolan. 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 Dolan on the river. If you come play at the garden, you'll love Frankie Smokes and Moody A. There's no more abuses, I will write you music. But if you lose, I'm singing on the team plane. Jim Varney, keep hay voining. Proud Jimmy, keep on oining. Dolan, Dolan. Dolan on the river, the Hudson River. Dolan, Dolan, Dolan on the river. Hey, what if I brought Isaiah Thomas back? Wouldn't that be fun? Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Durant's weird best friend, and my president of basketball operations, Joe Walsh. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.